Welcome everyone. You are tuning into the Rise Station podcast and I am your host, Pranella Harris. I'm a licensed mental health provider and here I discuss mental health education and wellness tips. So if that's what you're into, welcome. You're in the right place. Do me a favor and go ahead and hit that subscribe button if you're new here. Every Monday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, I upload a new episode and you'll be the first to be notified if you're a subscriber. Please go ahead and share this podcast out to your friends and your family so that they can grow and thrive with you on this healing journey. And if you'd like to support our efforts of making mental health accessible to all, please visit our Patreon page where you can become an official member of our Rise Tribe community. You will receive special discounts on our merchandise, monthly Q&As, our monthly newsletter, also special journal prompts and accompaniments to our podcast episode. This will help on your healing journey. So go ahead over to our Patreon page and take a look. Today we are discussing common tactics manipulators use to control their victims. And we're going to teach you how to boundary up So think of this episode as more of a mental health self-defense class, okay? Because when you know better, you do better. So before we get into today's topic, let's hear a word from our sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Restorative Family Services. We are a behavioral health practice. Our mission is to provide quality, affordable, and accessible mental health care to the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. If you are struggling and in a dark place, we are here to help. Visit our website at www.restorativefamilyservices.com. This podcast is brought to you by Private Practice, where we provide leadership training and practice management coaching specific to helping mental health professionals build their private practice to provide a much needed service for their community. Want to learn more? Visit our website at www.privatepractice.com. You know, so many of us have been indoctrinated to look at love as very conditional and transactional. If you are behaving the way I want you to, I'm going to show you love. I'm going to give you attention. I'm going to give you support. I'm going to buy you gifts right? But if you don't behave, if you don't do what I want you to do, I'm going to withhold my love. I'm going to withhold my support. I am going to not speak to you, not give you attention and things of that nature. I've seen it play out where parents will stop speaking to their children if they disagree with them, you know, or if they do something that makes their parents look good, If they don't perform great on the basketball court, the football field, they will just withhold and stonewall and try to teach a lesson through not showing love or they will come down on them. They will criticize them. Right. There are romantic relationships where significant others will give the other silent treatment after a disagreement or after they don't behave in a way. So we've learned these messages of toxic love and transactional love. And it is really getting in the way of our connections. And it's a lot of emotional manipulation that happens in toxic 
love relationships. And that's what we want to talk about today. So I'm going to get right into it. Why do people manipulate other people? What's the benefit? There has to be some type of gain if we're seeing this play out in so many relationships, right? Well, some of the reasons are, I'm going to go over them. One, control. People who manipulate might be driven by a need for control. They may have controlling tendencies, which may make them feel powerful and thrilling. If you lack a lot of control in your life, but you're able to manipulate other people and get them to do what you want them to do, then it makes you feel powerful. It gives you a false sense of power. The second thing is people may manipulate because of low self-esteem. You know, manipulation can be a way for a person to avoid feeling bad about themselves. So if they can manipulate other people, it shows dominance and power over someone and it makes them feel better about themselves, gives them a false sense of self-confidence. The other thing would be ego, right? A common reason that toxic people will manipulate someone else is because of their ego. They think that they are better than They are the brightest person in the room. They're the most intelligent. They're the most gifted. They're special in some kind of way. And so they use manipulation to feed their ego. You know, the thrill of outsmarting someone or the thrill of getting one up on someone is exciting and just adds to that supply of dopamine hits that you get to the ego, right? The other thing is people may manipulate just out of personal gain. They're looking to gain something, whether it's something that they want, such as money, power, or attention. And the last common thing or reason why people would manipulate others is avoidance. Manipulation might offer a way to avoid taking responsibility for their own actions or looking at themselves in a mirror. All right, because they're so focused on pulling strings and getting people to do what they want them to do. So it definitely avoids taking any ownership of responsibility when you can manipulate other people's to do things for you or create the outcome that you want. You know, manipulators often seek out individuals who do not know their worth. They don't value themselves and they have a lot of insecurities, you know, because it's easier to mold and manipulate someone who is unaware of their strengths and gifts, who don't feel that they are worthy. They feel inadequate. So they're looking for someone who can call the shots, who can make all the decisions. And so manipulators are often looking and seeking individuals who have a lower self-esteem. There's a dynamic that plays out with the manipulator and the manipulated, right? So when you are not in your power and you're vibrating lower with a lack mindset, you feel unworthy and you feel inadequate. Therefore, you're going to attract another unhealed individual who also shares in that feeling of lack and feel inadequate, right? And so there's a trauma bond that happens over this shared experience of unworthiness, right? But they're on two different sides of it. The manipulator 
feels inadequate, but they seek others to give them the supply so that they can feel adequate. So the manipulator is going out and searching for people who do not know their worth, who are easily controlled and who will do their bidding and make them feel, make the manipulator feel powerful for the reasons we stated earlier. And so on the flip side of that is the manipulated, usually someone who's very empathetic, usually someone who is codependent, right? And so now the codependent feels inadequate. They're looking for people as well, as well as the manipulator. They're looking for people to make them feel powerful. So codependents usually like to caretake others. They want to be needed because being needed makes them feel powerful. And so this is where that dynamic is. The manipulator wants to control other people, right? And the manipulated is usually controlled because they want to show their love or get power or feel more adequate by giving to others and caretaking and doing for others. So you have one that's a giver and you have one that's a taker. And that's how that trauma bond happens. Both of them are bonded around a very similar wound of feeling inadequate. And they're using, even the codependent is using the narcissist. They're using the narcissist or the toxic individuals or the manipulator by doing things for them and in the sake of love, but it's really trying to get one to be dependent on the other. So there's this battle of trying to get their needs met outside of themselves. So in both cases, as I stated, in both cases of manipulation, a lot of energy is placed into controlling things outside of ourselves. And you see, self-love is about investing the love that you would otherwise be giving to others, be trying to control others, and really pouring that back into yourself. And when you do this, you begin to attract better relationships because you're now intrinsically aware of your own self-worth because you have been pouring that love, energy, and resources back into yourself. So now you're feeling valuable and you're feeling worthy. And that is what you start to attract healed individuals. You no longer are easily moldable to the demands of others because you have now set up some standards for yourself. And that's an inside job, right? All right. So manipulators typically rely on psychological techniques to manipulate and control their victims, right? They may employ some fear tactics to scare people into doing things for them or behaving in ways that are pleasing to them. They may make false promises to entice someone to do something for them that benefits, again, the manipulator. They may even use flattery and charm to gain the trust of their victims so they feel obligated to comply to their demands. 
manipulators tend to use a lot of techniques that will even play mind games or may make you feel shame or guilt. There's a lot of emotional manipulation, a lot of psychological manipulation. And so that's what I want to go over today, because that stuff we don't see coming toward us. That stuff is more subtle. So if you know better, you can do better. All right. So what are some of the common strategies that these manipulators will do in order to get you to acquiesce to their demands? Number one is gaslighting. Gaslighting is a very dangerous form of manipulation, which relies on constantly making someone else doubt their own perception, their own memory of events, their own reality in order to gain influence on how that person thinks, behaves toward the abuser or the manipulator. And it's intended to lure the victims further into an abusive situation by discrediting their truth, discrediting or denying facts. And so the person never trusts themselves and will rely on the abuser to make decisions and be in complete control. Number two, guilt tripping. One of the most common manipulation tactics is guilt tripping. This can involve someone constantly reminding you of their own sacrifices in order to make you feel obligated to do something. So this is when the parents tell you, you know, I work so hard to provide for you and I had to sacrifice my life, my dreams, so that you can have the life that you live. And now you can't even give me a slice of your pizza or something like that. So it's really making you feel guilty because they're laying the burdens of what they've done for you in your face. Okay, so this happens also within friend groups, you know, if they, a friend has helped you out and they throw it back in your face how much they've helped you and now you feel obligated, you feel guilty because they have done these things. Now you feel guilty to acquiesce. Number three is lying. Now, this form of manipulation takes a lot of different forms, you know, lying can take uh, the shape of, you know, someone taking credit for someone else's work, you know, lying and saying they did it and they didn't or lying about their status and, you know, making you believe that they are more powerful or more known or richer than they actually are, that they're well liked. How many people are desiring them or how many people are after them? So, you know, lying can take a number of different forms, but they do this to look appeasing and appealing in the eyes of other people. So they are viewed in a high regard so that people admire them, look up to them and more likely are going to do what it is they want them to do because they are so important, so to speak. Okay. Number four is moving the goalpost. You know, this is a technique where the manipulator continues to change the expectation. So if, you know, the manipulator said, you know what, you're not taking me out as much. You never take me out. And then you start taking them out on dates. 
And now the goalposts move. So you never pick any fancy dates. Um, you never take me out to places where I need to dress up or you never compliment me on the date, but it just keeps changing. And you constantly keep feeling like you're never going to measure up. You're never going to please this person. And it makes the person feel very inadequate. And the person feels devoid and devalued. Number five is flattery. Now, flattery is very different from a compliment. Flattery is used to manipulate and get someone's guard to lower so that they get something in return. A compliment is someone just saying something nice with no expectation that you're going to do anything for them. But flattery is manipulative because let's say someone wants a promotion and so they're going out of their way to bring the boss, you know, lunch and to flatter them and to really, you know, I really, uh, your leadership skills and the way you run this office is, is great. You really made a big change. So you're appealing and giving them compliments, but it is because you're looking for something in return. You're looking to gain good graces so that they can promote you above the peers so that they can consider you for these opportunities and things of that nature. So that's the difference between flattery and compliments. One is just, there's no expectation. It's just, hey, I'm digging whatever you got going on over there. The other one is, I'm going to go ahead and feed your ego so that I can gain good graces to get something in return. Number six is smear campaigns. Now, this often happens in narcissistic abusive relationships where the narcissist can no longer control the victim. So they start to control how other people see the victim and they may create a web of lies or exaggerations in order to discredit the victim in order to isolate this person, right? It's typically done in public. Uh, it could be in front of a group of people. It could be around, you know, a social circle or even social media. And anyone who buys into these web of lies or these exaggerations, right? It could be friends or families of the victim, right? For instance, a person breaks up with their partner and their ex in turn begins to spread rumors about them within like a close knit social circle. Did you hear that this person was doing this, right? And it slowly turns these connections against the victim. And so they start to reduce contact or, you know, they don't want to hang out with the victim anymore. And the narcissist is successfully isolating the victim from any support network that they may have. And this is one tactic that is used because now the victim feels isolated because of the smear campaign and exhibits a lot of pain and hurt because of it. And this is a way to keep those individuals controlled. So people, victims actually end up sometimes going back to the narcissist because they can't deal with the level of opposition that is coming from these smear campaigns, okay? Number seven is playing victim. Sometimes the manipulator will play the victim, you know, actively 
manipulates others by attention seeking, uh, inflicting guilt or evading accountability. So there's plenty of manifestations of playing the victim, but the core element is the abuser or the manipulator in this sense takes no accountability for the wrongdoing and they pretty much indicate that, you know, these tragic events happen to them, you know, just reliving this horrible crime that I committed. is just so painful right now. You feel like, oh, my heart goes out to them, but they committed the crime and now they're not taking, you know, real accountability because they're using emotional language to get sympathy, to get accolades or some other form of attention. Or they could say, you know, avoiding accountability or, or playing victim. Well, she came on to me. He came on to me. You know, I didn't, I never intended. I was just caught up in a moment. But now you're feeling like the victim because you're not taking accountability for your own actions. All right. So knowing this and knowing and understanding some ways in which manipulators can manipulate, what do we do about that? How do we boundary up? Okay, the very first thing we're going to do when we encounter any one of these is we need to set healthy boundaries for ourselves, right? When interacting with narcissists or any other toxic manipulators, setting healthy boundaries is essential to making sure that you have the strength and emotional space to reduce the opportunities for being manipulated. All right. So set healthy boundaries. Number two, avoid unnecessary communication. Try to avoid contact with these toxic individuals whenever possible. But when you do need to talk to them, maybe you share children with them or maybe you have to be in some type of communication with them. It should be brief and very fact oriented. Okay, don't over explain, don't spend too much time, just limit the time you're going to spend with these individuals. Number three, choose your battles, right? Pick what you give your attention to. Pick and choose what you're going to react to. Don't take the bait all the time. You know, sometimes you just might have to uh, let a, a comment kind of fizzle out and act like you didn't hear it. You know, you don't need to justify or convince other people of, you know, your character. Uh, you didn't say this or you didn't say that. Like, are these individuals worth you spending that much energy and time if they believe that and they've had considerable time to get to know you and they believe in the lies or the smear campaign or things like that then maybe they were not your tribe maybe those weren't the people for you okay so understanding that number four is cut ties when possible protect your peace at all costs and some relationships you're going to have to walk away from. And that is the boundary is, you know, limiting who has contact with you, being able to be selective about who you invite into your inner circle, into your personal space. So being very discerning. 
Okay. And when you use discernment and when you are selective, it gives little access to you by manipulators. So if people are manipulating you or you feel like they have that in them, maybe cutting ties is the best. And my last tip is practice self-compassion. When you're dealing with manipulative people, it is normal to feel frustrated, confused, you know, sad, and a bunch of other negative emotions. But self-acceptance, you know, is crucial to learning how to love yourself and how to best support yourself as you're grieving the loss of friendships or relationships that can be emotionally draining and just difficult. Okay, so be compassionate with yourself. In conclusion, protecting your peace by being a difficult target for toxic individuals is by far the best thing you can do to demonstrate self-love. And how do you do that? Well, you simply have to just pour the energy that you were giving so freely, so willingly to others back into yourself. And by doing so, there is going to be a constant demand for work. Once you start loving on yourself, once you start pouring into yourself, there's a demand for work. You know, work comes in the form of investing love, time, energy, and resources in yourself. And when you do this, you level up energetically and you begin to demand that anyone entering your life matches that type of energy and that it's reciprocal. They must be adding some kind of value because you have now created a standard of living or standard of, of internal climate and what you will accept from others. You know now the signs and tactics of these abusers, these manipulators, right? And so now you can be more discerning and you can boundary up when it's needed. I teach women how to do these. I teach women these tactics. We role play in my Boundary Builders workshop. If you want to learn more about how to set boundaries, go ahead and click the link in the show notes. We have a new cohort starting up soon and you can sign up today. Listen. I really want you guys to be protected and use this episode, go back to it, take notes, but use this episode as a form of mental self-defense, boundary up against toxic manipulators, all right? That way you call into your life more meaningful relationships, all right? That's all I have for you today. Make it a great day. Enjoy your day on purpose. If you have found this episode helpful, help us grow our audience. By providing us with a five-star review, you help make this podcast visible to others. Help pull others out of a dark space by showing that you care, by sharing this podcast with them. Nothing is better than a friend or loved one who wants you to up-level your life with them. Thanks for tuning in.